and welcome back everyone to the Jetty Dragon podcast and today we're going to be talking about a country which is close to my heart, a country that is so important to me that I actually gave it its own separate video explaining why, well I should say, it's own separate episode, sorry, there's not a YouTube channel, this is an audio podcast, so yeah, but anyway, this country is so important to me that it's actually got its own separate episode, and that country is Scotland. And the reason why Scotland is so important to me lines up perfectly with, or I should say, is related to why the UK is so important to me. As not only do I have Scottish ancestry, but also there's also about that I just love the UK, like it's home to some of my personal favorite people in the world. It's got a fascinating culture, history, and story of diversity, and it's played a massive role on the global stage in terms of geopolitics and history and shaping the lives of millions of people around the world. And so it's just a country that's so close to my heart. So out there, if you're British and listening to this congratulations i hope i get to talk about your country in further detail in the future like i know i've already made some episodes about it but it's just one of those countries which has made such a massive impact on my life that i just can't help but every time i talk about the uk it's Usually, I usually try to have a positive attitude towards it. Now, of course, I don't intend to favour the UK above other countries. After all, every con- everyone's country is something special to offer, no matter in regards of whether it's the people, the language, the culture, the history. But it says that the UK is just one of those countries that is very fascinating to learn about, talk about, and meet people from. But that's enough about my UK love, my slight UK bias, you could call it. We're here to talk about, well, let's turn our attention from the UK as a whole and let's zoom into Scotland. And so according to One Scotland, which is a human rights organisation, which I'll link to down below so you can check out the website around One's one-fifth of the Scottish population claim to have a disability. And here's the thing. The disability community often experiences higher levels of inequality compared to people without disabilities. I'm sure I don't need, I'm sure you don't need me to repeat this information, but it's just, it's sad and it really needs to Really, I really need to sort of explain and have it in there, if you will. And so, for example, if you have a mental health condition, or if someone has a psychological disability, they actually have the lowest employment rate out of all the different disability categories, out of all the different impairment categories when it comes to employment for people with disabilities at 21% 
while the rate for people with learning disabilities is 26%, so it's slightly higher. And so the people who are members of the disability population, the disability community, are more than twice as likely to have no qualifications compared to people without disabilities. And so then we turn to hate crime statistics, specifically for 2013 and 2014, and these reveal a 12% rise in criminal offences, aggravated mostly by prejudice, motivated by prejudice related to members of the disability community. And this rise in reports regarding hate crime can actually be attributed to increased confidence among the disability population to report these crimes. But organisations dedicated to helping people with disabilities agree that this type of crime is still significantly underreported than it should be. So we are going to now turn our attention to the Scottish Government's plan to, for addressing this issue and their plan to try and grant people with disabilities equal rights before the law. And so stay tuned for that because I'll, I'll be explaining this after a short break. Well, I hope you've used that short break I gave you to grab a chair, make yourself a drink, be it, key, be it tea or coffee or whatever other beverage, Coca-Cola or Mountain Dew or whatever you like drinking. And I hope you're now prepared and, and I hope you also prepared your brains for the bucket loads of information I am going to tell you right now in regards to Scotland's plan known as the Scottish plan for the known as the Scottish plan of the draft disability and delivery okay the Scottish government's draft disability and delivery plan and so this draft plan or I should say it's no longer a draft as it was finalized in 2016 sets out the Scottish Government's aims to remove barriers and enable people with disabilities to enjoy the full equal access to citizenship. What can go wrong? And they have, and well, I should say that this plan is based on the social model of disability rather than the medical model of disability, which I've already talked about in previous episodes. But just to summarise, the social model of disability blames, so blames the cause for disability inequality and discrimination on society's inability to provide for the needs and rights and aspirations of the disability community rather than the medical model which blames this inequality on the disability itself. And their plan is also rooted in the new and 
CRPD or the UN Conventions on the Rights of Persons with Disabilities an International Treaty that was signed in 2006 and has been ratified by basically every single UN member state except for a few including Liechtenstein. aim of this plan is to and this plan aims to give people with disabilities independent living and this based this plan also it also well I should say that the plan is to also help with independent living participating equally in society alongside their fellow citizens and within their communities, families, workplaces and the wider Scottish society with the support with whatever support they may need. So that's the plan in a nutshell and now I will give you another support break to process all that information. So that way you we may get to the big question of today's episode. How did the Scotland's disability community vote in the 2014 independence referendum? So welcome back after that second short break. And so now we're going to talk about the in 2014 referendum on whether or not Scotland should remain a constituent country of the United Kingdom or become its own separate country entirely. And so now I'm not going to like, talk about statistics, I'm just going to talk about why people with disabilities voted yes and why some members of the disability community voted no. And so, for the yes voters, for those who want who want Scotland to become a separate sovereign nation state, they believe that the changes, like the reforms to the disability insurance like to the system which supports people with disabilities that is run from Westminster, run by Parliament, was having a disproportionate impact on them. So they wanted to help create a fairer society by allowing the system which supports Scottish people with disabilities to be in Scotland's hands rather than in the hands of the UK government based in England and for those people who voted no well they felt that they that the Scottish government's plans for supporting their rights supporting their needs were unclear and at times even unaffordable. 
And so some of them asked, well, if the UK is struggling to maintain a large welfare bill for people with disabilities, then how could Scotland, with a population of 5 million people, maintain its own disability payments? Like, and especially for those who would need extra financial assistance and extra support. How could they maintain that on their own? And how would they survive on their, their own? Like how how would the new country treat people with disabilities? Like how would it look at their issues? And also in terms of the yes voters, in terms of those who vote who voted yes. And those who voted yes felt that they could avoid further changes to the central UK system by having, by creating their own Scottish system. So they wanted to avoid any further uncertainties, or at least that's how they viewed it. But well, what do I think? What do I think about whether or not Scotland should become its own independent country? Well, I'm not really here to see. I'm not really here to say it's not really up to me it's up to those of you who are living in Scotland like would you have wanted and still want Scotland to become a separate country or are you okay with it remaining where it is like for me what one thing I love about the UK is the fact that it's not one story the story of the united kingdom is for individual stories like in scotland you've got the house of alpine all the way to the house of stuart and from in terms of england you get the house of wessex which helped create england all the way to the house of windsor in scotland you have Llewellyn the great all the way to prince charles and in northern ireland you have divisions between Catholics and Protestants that divided Ireland and still does to a certain degree. The UK really st started diversity. Well, I shouldn't say that, I should say it was the, I suppose you could call it one of the first countries to have a large diverse population like I like the name United Kingdom because it explains what it is. It's a monarchy, but it's a very diverse monarchy, like Great Britain sailed around the world and found all these really diverse colonies which then became diverse countries in their own right to help create a global superpower, the United States, and to help create great powers like Canada, Australia, New Zealand, Kenya, etc. All these countries are really diverse populations, and there isn't just one Kenyan story, there are thousands of Kenyan stories. There are many different tribes in Kenya, just like how there are many different tribes in Australia that have been living there for 65,000 years, and then there are those, the stories of my ancestors, for example, who came later. The same is true in a America and Canada and 
believes. The story of the UK and its empire is not one story, it's many different stories, it's a story of diversity, and it's a good metaphor for what the disability rights movement is. I'm broad, you can be of African descent and have a disability, just like how you can be of European descent and have a disability, and so on and so on. Disability isn't just one community, it's not one ethnic group, it's everyone. And what I like about the UK is that, yes, it's showing that, like, yes, there are, in fact, issues which people with disabilities face, just like how there are issues that people with disabilities face in every country, no. But there are also people who acknowledge that these issues are there. And they are aiming to do something about like good ones got under instance or with Team Brute found by Nicholas Hamilton. What I am proud of the UK of what well, I should say um what makes me proud when it comes to the UK is the the diversity of its population and its diverse culture, its diverse heritage, and how they all unite together to fight for a fairer society, like, yes, Brexit might have been dividing, but then again, so would every other big political decision in regards to what country you live in. But at the end of the day, British people are British, and it doesn't matter which country they come from, the point is they all live in the UK. Same is true in Australia, or Canada, or any other country that Great Britain helped create through colonization. Great Britain is truly a great nation. It deserves to have great in its name. It's truly a united nation. And it really is the country that, yes, had the most colonies out of any country in Europe, but through doing so, it helped create, if anything, modern culture by having a really diverse nation beforehand, and a real, and this led to it creating many diverse nations, many nations of many peoples. It redefined the nation state in many ways, and also helped pioneer the spread of the English language as the lingua franca, which you know not just the people in the UK and its colonies. But all around the world, as these colonies gained greater geopolitical influence, and it, and also then they use that geopolitical influence to influence policies on a greater scale, like the CRPD, for instance. It was a nation that really impacted history and continues to do, so, to do so. And that is what makes me proud of my friends from Britain, my British ancestry, my, as overall why I love the UK as a country. God save the Queen. Go on, Great Britain, keep doing what you're doing.
after all, you were then you were one of those nations that not only created a diverse culture of peoples, but helped to spread that diversity throughout the world. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode and see you again next time.